Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, happy Father's Day from Sunny Slope, folks. Beautiful morning out here, and it uh, doesn't get any prettier. And I can, I'm looking at Chuckawalla Hill, I call it, right behind our house. And uh, plenty of Chuckawallas still up there. Anyway, happy Father's Day. And Father's Day is one of those kind of fun days that we get to celebrate with our dad if he's still around. Or if not, we, we get to have, celebrate with our children and have wonderful memories of our father. We have all those here. Anyway, a beautiful day. Uh, we have three lines, no, four lines available. You can give us a call. We have the lovely Shira here, as usual, on phones and music. Number to call 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTR. We can talk about uh, what to grow, water plant, fertilizer, kill, how to grow it. Talk about how my dad used to grow them. You know, he, I grew up with uh, a grandfather and a father who were very talented agriculturally, both of them. And... Uh, you know, they, they they definitely did things that were a little different, but uh, their methodology was uh, always true and uh, worked quite well. Anyway, whatever whatever your thoughts are, if you want to talk about your dad, you can do that. We can, oh, there's somebody up on top of the mountain over there, all the way up there this morning having fun. Yeah, they must have started early. <laughs> anyway, it is a beautiful day today. You know, okay, it was a little warmer yesterday. Yeah, it was over 100, but it wasn't bad. You know, we were down at the farm yesterday, and it was pretty darn nice. And uh, check it on our palm trees, palm tree digging season. So we're out digging palm trees and making sure the citrus getting water. But it was a... A beautiful day out at the farm. And, um, you know, I got to thank uh, John J. Harper. And he goes by Jay Harper because his dad was John. And, uh, you know, we both lost our fathers in the last couple of years. But uh, he's a great friend. And I want to thank him very much for filling in for us last week. Hope you enjoyed him. He's uh, he's done more shows. Well, maybe not more than me, but he's done about as many. We've both been on for 30-some years. So, you know, I, I'm sure you enjoyed uh, Jay. He's uh, a very knowledgeable person and a great friend. Um well, we got four lines still open. We're going to turn the, the turn the uh, show over to y'all here right now. Uh, 602-277-5827-277-KTR. We're going to take our first caller, Jose in Phoenix. And if you'd like to be up after Jose, all you have to do is give Shira a call. Good morning, Jose. Good morning. How are you, sir? You know, I saw your, your name. With you. Are you Jose Mejia? Yes, I am. Ah, that was one of my dearest, best friends, was a Jose Mejia in, in California. Oh, man. Hey, that's the name I'm going to have to live up to then. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, he, he was quite a man. His father was Jose Mejia as well. So, yeah, I've, I've had a great relationship with Jose Mejia's. <laughs> oh, hey, well, that's great. Makes me feel a little bit better now. <laughs> hey, uh, happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. And uh, I have a, a question regarding a Mexican lime that's potted. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I believe, a 20-gallon pot. Okay. Uh, now, the Mexican lime has given fruit before, but just in the last two weeks, it started to drop all its leaves, and some of the leaves are turning brown on it. Uh, Jose, is there a chance you might have given it too much fertilizer? You know, there might. If you fed yeah, it recently, absolutely. I think that would probably would be what I would lean towards. And, and the way to cure it as best you can is to uh, get a quart of vinegar, okay, 
and mix it with a, a bucket, like five gallons of water, and pour it around the top of it and flush it, okay? And if we make the soil a little more acidic, it's going to push the salts out more. And fertilizers mostly are salts, you know? And uh, that way we just, and then after you do that, then just let out uh, like a hose drip on it and run for the day, okay? Perfect. Absolutely. I'll definitely do that. Thank you so much for all your help. Well, thank you, Jose. Thanks for being the first caller on Father's Day, and happy Father's Day to you. Hey, thank you, sir. I appreciate you. You have a great show. Bye-bye. Well, now we have those wide-open phones. Sure is looking at me. She's smiling. But uh, she's getting lonely back there. I can just tell by the look in her eyes. You know, she's got a big party coming up. They have a big bar mitzvah in their family this week and uh, for her little sister. So that sounds like a lot of fun. Anyway, um, give us a call 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. And we can talk about uh, whatever grows, water, plant, you know, how, how do they grow things, kill things, all those fun things. But like I told you a little earlier, you know, my father and my grandfather both were, were very good at this kind of thing. But my father grew up and... Uh, my, grand, my grandfather, who I never got to meet, uh, was a miner here in Arizona, uh, uh, Charlie Blake. And, you know, they, 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 on this show I come in, you know, I'm Brian Whitfield, but I'm really Brian Blake. And so probably there's some of you that knew my father, Jack Blake. And, you know, he spent a career with, with APS and uh, and had a great time there. Went to West High here in Phoenix and uh, quite an athlete. Played varsity baseball and football all four years. You know, it's just Pretty darn, you know, I think he's the only one ever that had two sports for four years on the varsity. But uh, at any rate, you know, nothing like bragging about our dads. If you want to brag about your dad, you can do that here in the program as well. We open this up to everyone and, and fathers everywhere. Or if you want to brag about your kids, you know, that, that's good, too. We, we have five children in our home, and, uh, and we love them all, and they're very special. And some of you have met some around the nurseries and different things. And, you know, we certainly uh, have a great time with our children. But, you know, I grew up with a grandfather who, uh, you know, was retired by the time that I was working. I started working with my grandfather when I was five selling oranges, and that's about the time that he had a heart attack and wasn't the chef at the Arizona Club anymore, and that was Les Whitfield. And uh, for growing plants, I mean, he was uncanny. He would do things like push buds up in a citrus tree in the wintertime so the sap would come down that pop out in the spring and... He grew figs from cuttings by the thousand and he'd plant a thousand figs out there and put them in just straight dirt and never lose one. You know, and I thought he was kind of a, a magician when it came to growing things. And the nice part about my grandfather is he would uh, he would really never correct you. He would say, you know, you might want to think about that. And when he was telling you that, you know, you take his advice, you think about it. He'll let you fail. You know, you don't uh, you don't learn by your successes. You learn by your failures. And so he, he was good at letting you fail, too. And, and that was fine because that is how you learn. And um you know, my dad was busier working and coaching our baseball teams and that kind of stuff in those days. And uh, as we came along and my father retired, he uh, had a little nursery over on Dunlap where he grew all kinds of plants and had, you know, a really good time growing things. But, uh, you know, we, we've always had a lot of fun growing in our family, and it came with my grandfather. You know, I, I got to say, I never saw my, my grandmother with a shovel. <laughs> Or my mother, for that matter. My mother loves the nursery business, but she likes to talk to people and, and about what's going on and, and find out how their lives are and their children are doing. And, and that's more important to her than it is planting stuff. But if you ever go look at her flower beds in front of her house, you wouldn't know that because she grows some of the prettiest flowers anywhere in the valley over on Orchid Lane. So they moved into the right street, you know, a road called Orchid Lane over there. And, and that's kind of where we grew up in Sunny Slope. And if you're ever driving down Orchid 
lane. You want to see the house with all the flowers at the end of the street, especially if you come any time in the winter. Uh, her house is easy to find on Orchid Lane because it's the one that's the greenest, the prettiest, and uh, has the most things growing. <laughs> so it's it's a lot of fun. And, you know, so I, I did, you know, fall into this uh, business and this industry, uh, not just by chance, but maybe a little indoctrination from uh, a family who just loved the business. Three lines still available. Number to call, 602-277-5827. We have the lovely Shira here on the phones and music. Paul and Scottsdale, good morning. Hi, Brian. Um, let's talk about kumquat trees today. Okay. Please. Absolutely. Um, you did a wonderful job in convincing me that I would like a kumquat tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, two years ago, I picked it out from the Glendale Nursery. And it was, I think you said it was about eight years old then. Okay. It's its wonderful. The fruit has been great. Um, fertilize it on the schedule that you recommend. So now it's, um, it's doing so well. It's growing from the smaller kumquat tree into a kumquat tree. Mm-hmm. And um, it's flowering. And I want to trim the top because I don't want it to get too large. Is this the right time or the wrong time to trim it in the midst of its flowering stages? Well, you know, you could be, yeah, kumquats are going to flower year round. They're really quite special that way. You know, kumquats and limes and, uh, you know, and some lemons will bloom a lot more than once a year. You get several crops on a kumquat. And if it's a really tasty one, it's probably a Miwa. And uh, that one's not going to get, you know, huge. But uh, how large do you want it to be? Uh no more than seven feet at the most. Okay. So it's going to take some, you know, kind of almost constant pruning, but you want to kind of manage your pruning so that you get some fruit. You can prune citrus really any time of year as long as you don't expose the wood to the sun. So that's kind of our big rule is just not to let the sun hit the wood. So if you want to take any larger, more dominant shoots that are coming out the top and, and prune those back right now, that's fine. And whether it's blooming or not, that's not going to matter. And another very special thing about kumquats is it's the most frost-hardy of all the citrus we grow here. So it won't freeze, so we don't worry about it freezing. The only thing that can hurt it is sun exposure to the wood. So while you're pruning it, if you keep that in mind, uh, you know, you can protect, let it have enough foliage to protect itself, it'll be fine. Wow, that's interesting about the frost because this last winter, going out there and covering it. You know, no, don't, don't sure. ever, don't ever cover a kumquat in Phoenix. Okay, Any, anywhere in Scottsdale, mm-hmm. anywhere here in the valley, a kumquat will never freeze. I mean, they'll, they'll go down yeah. to at least I think ten degrees without you know freezing and dying. Oh my gosh! And most and citrus makes- are going to be really damaged in the mid twenties, so kumquats are really tough. That makes this tree even more exciting. And the last question I have for you is on my um, my bottle brush tree. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had them in other properties that I've had here in Scottsdale, and I, I've managed to, to get flowers on quite often during the year. Uh, this one, uh, it's a beautiful tree. It, it's healthy. It, it, it smiles at me all the time. Uh, the only time I've been able to get uh, flowers on it is in the spring. Well, um, bottle trees color are a lot like kumquats. There's lots of different species and lots of different cultivars and varieties, you know. And um, so they're not all going to bloom in the same cycle. And, and some of them are, are, you know, predominantly spring bloomers. You might get another bloom set in, in like October. And, and others will bloom more throughout the summer. Um, it just depends on the variety it is. And it's going to bloom according to its variety. Well, that explains it because I thought, well, am I not utilizing this particular one correctly versus the other one? But um, everyone's different, you know, as our trees. Yeah, we'll, absolutely, we'll just, Paul. We'll just smile and have fun with this one. <laughs> well, Thank happy Father's Day. Have a nice weekend.
Thanks, Bart. Bye-bye. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. We do have a couple lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR. It's Sheeran and Brian and Troy with the news here every Sunday morning from 7 to 92.3 FM, KTAR. The other night, dear, as I lay sleeping, I dreamed I held you in my arms. But when I woke, dear, I was mistaken, and I hung my head and cried. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Sing that song I'm as well as Jimmy Rogers, who's my father. <laughs> well, it looks like our lines are filling up. Uh, Sue in Sun City West. Oh, we do have a couple available still, though, so don't feel like you're left out. The number to call, 602-277-5827. Uh, Sue in Sun City West, good morning. Good morning, Brian. Happy Father's Day. Thank you. I'd like to know if you could tell me, is it possible to grow... Creeping fig from cuttings. Absolutely. How to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you take a small tip cutting, okay? And but here's the easy way: you want to cheat with a creeping fig. Do you have a big one in your yard? You want to grow more? Yes. Okay. So let's just go out to the yard, out in the garden. Okay. Let's get a nice little uh, pot with potting soil in it. Let's take one of those runners that's kind of running off and pull it off the wall. Run it down through your pot, you know, through the middle of the pot and out of the soil. Okay, and keep your soil wet in that container, and where it's going to hit in the middle, just take a little piece of that that uh, the kind of the cambium layer, just a little, you know, the rind off the off the vine, as you'd say, and just skin it. Okay, just take the, the sharp knife and skin it on one side so that it's compromised and open up on one side as we run it down through our soil, and uh, uh-huh. that little piece will root right there. Um, you know, you probably want to leave it about a month or so. And after about a month, go ahead and clip it off where it's coming off the vine. Let it grow in your pot, and you'll have the brand-new creeping fig. Oh, thank you. And that, that's going to be a lot easier than growing a tip-cutting, Sue, and I guarantee you'll have success. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Steve in Phoenix. Good morning, Steve. Uh, good morning, Brian. How are you? Oh, enjoy this day. You know, I love this studio because I come in here and look at the mountains I used to climb as a kid. It's a beautiful morning this morning. Absolutely. I got a I got a question for you. We have a ruby red grapefruit, and it's about fifteen years old. Last few years had quite a bit of fruit on it. This year, there's not a single flower ever came up. Did you change? Did, 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 did you change churches or anything? Are you drinking a different wine? Did you go from rosé to a, a red, maybe, or something? No. no. <laughs> Steve, no. you know, it. Uh, I have no special causes. The tree looked pretty healthy. 
That tree is very healthy. Okay. And I'll tell you, if you go out, if you look, now now it's the fruit's getting large enough, it's pretty easy to see. You might find a couple. No. Nothing. Not a, single, <laughs> not a single one of them, Brian. Well. And that we are disgusted because we loved it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's unfortunate. You know, and Ruby Red grapefruit are very good. And grapefruit. I'm... Uh, I am fertilizing him about three times a year. Mm-hmm. And then that's and, plenty. Uh, if, if you're following just a regular fertilizer protocol, you don't like that Valentine's Day. It's a citrus, more than it's a, it's a, uh, a citrus uh, one of those that you sprinkle around. I put sure. a cup for half, uh, one and a half cup around the base. Well, Steve, and, I, I, uh, it doesn't sound like there's anything that you're doing wrong. And I really can't tell you of a reason why it wouldn't. Uh, did it flower pretty well? Well, it didn't flower anything. It didn't no flower at all? There at all? Okay. Nothing. Um, there are things, lo- you, there are things you could do to make it flower more. But it was is it in the full sun, Steve? It's, it's, well, it's, it's got some other trees around it. Uh-huh. Well, if it gets, if it gets if it gets too shaded, okay, then it, then it's not going to bloom as well. So what it's, you, it's it shades from the other tree a little bit. Okay, but it does get several hours of direct sun. Oh yeah, they got okay. uh, when the sun is overhead, she gets lots of sun for about well, three hours. You know, as we say in farm and Steve, there's always next year. Oh, <laughs> You know, I'm well, hoping for next year. Yeah, there's nothing. There's, there's, there's nothing we can do about this year. Lost a lot of leaves. Well, but they but they've come back on it now. Yeah, they. Uh, we have another one, a pink, and that was that's that was doing that's good, doing great. Mm-hmm. But the ruby red this year was nothing. Well, Steve, I, I don't have any great reason why. But the, the nice part is the tree is still there, and, and it will be here next year to, to see what happens. Like, like you said, next year is another year. <laughs> well, maybe. take care, Steve. Happy Father's maybe Day. Take a, maybe it took a year off. I don't know. <laughs> maybe it was tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, Brian. <laughs> bye, bye, Steve. Bye. Uh, Paula and Buckeye. Good morning, Paula. Good morning. I enjoy your show immensely. Well, thanks hey, for being I've part of it. To, thank you. I have two Arizona ash trees. Um, They're six years old. We put them in when we bought the house. And they've got the cutter bees, which I don't ever worry about. Uh But they have the clear, they have clear sap on them this year. Clumps of sap here and there, but a, a lot of clear sap on both trees. I've never seen this on these trees, and I had an Arizona ash before this house. Paul, ha, ha, how old are these trees? Six. Okay, six so years. they're pretty young. So here, here's yeah. what I would I would I would treat it with the fungicide. Okay, and, and there's two ways to do it, and you can do them both together; it won't hurt anything. Because sometimes okay. when trees are bleeding sap, they, they're having a problem with the fungus. Okay, and mm-hmm. it's, it's kind okay. of a sign of phytophthora, which is soil fungus. How do you water them, Paula? Well, they they get watered on those little black spaghetti mm-hmm. watering things. But how, how often? I, uh, uh, twice a week. Okay. Forty five minutes. And do they get additional water than that, or to, or not? Well, when I fertilize them, which I forgot to fertilize, so I did the other day. Mm-hmm. I put the hose on there for a good mm, 
two, three hours. Okay. Well, as mature they were, they would be better off to run that drip irrigation on those uh, once uh-huh. every week or even two weeks right now, but probably once a week for the summer. Okay. And you want to put on, you know, about at least 100 gallons of water plus. So I don't know how much water your emitters are putting out, but you want to put it all on at one time because that's going to push the salts away. And then getting dry in between is very healthy for them. Okay. It's staying a little too wet on the surface is kind of the worst thing. So if we water frequently and not deep enough, we're adding salt, but also we're almost getting like the same thing as athletes feet. We can get fungus and different problems. You know, in Arizona mm-hmm. ash, you're a riparian kind of tree, whether they're a Fantex or Fan West, but you know, they naturally grow here in Arizona and throughout the West in rivers and wet areas where they get their roots down deep into the water. And then they, they're constantly pulling up water as they need it, but they're not wet on the surface. So to treat for this, you know, possible or probable fungus, what I would do is get some Monterey disease control. Okay, and Monterey disease control is a bacteria that eats fungus. So you mix that up and water in around it. And at the same time, you can give it some copper sulfate. It used to be called Bordeaux, which is copper sulfate. And the combination of those two should knock out any fungus you have. And if you would change your irrigation and run it weekly instead of twice a week and and at least take all the time you're using now, but maybe even increase that, uh, the tree will be happier. Okay. All right. All right. I'll do it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Paula. Bye-bye. Ross and Scottsdale. Good morning, Ross. Good morning. Brian, I have a uh, Chinese elm in the front yard. That yard faces toward the west. It's a rock yard. And the tree is about 35 years old. And I wanted to verify how I water it. But Ross, was there a lawn there before or not? Uh, when I bought the house, I don't know. I've been in the house for 15 years okay. now, and the so, tree was here when I got here. So it's been so. So you're doing pretty well, Ross. Why, why do you want to change? <laughs> I'll make sure I'm right because I like that tree. <laughs> well, you know, what, what it really needs, it needs a good deep irrigation, you know, probably at least once every two weeks. That sounds about uh, very good. I appreciate that. Is that about how you've been I doing it? The, yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, I missed the part about your mother. Is your mother still on Orchid Lane? Absolutely. That's interesting. I I lived there for 15 years as you guys were growing up, mm-hmm. and your mom and I went to high school together. I have to drop by. Wait, which one, St. Mary's or Central? Central. <laughs> we'll stop by the nursery or stop by our house. And uh, I have a wonderful mother that uh, would love to see you, Ross. I'll drop by the nursery. Brian, right. nice to talk to you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Tom and Mesa. But first, Tom, I, I hate to tell you, we're going to have to find out what's happening here in the world. Because Mr. Troy Barrett has approached the studio. Now he's in the studio and he's waving at us. So uh, Tom and Michelle will take you right after the news on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, we do have a few lines available. You can give Shira a call at 602-277-5827. That's 277-KTAR. Well, these old work boots, they become my Sunday shoes. And these old careless times I've grown accustomed to. Can't hardly fight the way I'm turning out to be. Yeah, I'm seeing my old man me.
We've got some lines available. Give Shira a call. 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. And uh, you can be up after Tom Michelle. Tom and Mesa, good morning. Hi, Brian. Thank you. Uh, happy Father's Day to, to you. To you as well, sir. Um, hey, I've got a... my. I, I help take care of my elderly neighbor's yard. And her kids came out about a month ago for Mother's Day and planted a... Uh, uh, a broken via plant, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering how frequently I should water it. You know, probably Tom in, in most areas. You know, at least once a week. You know, for the first summer, you, you can water a little more. Wouldn't hurt it if you wanted to water twice a week. That'd be fine too. But as okay. long as you make sure you, you get a bogan via water once a week, and if they put it in Mother's Day, that was like the perfect time. So it's probably is it looking pretty fine now? Yeah, well, it had flowers, but it lost them, and, okay. and it lost a couple of leaves too. And I'm a little, little concerned about it. Well, I think I've been watering it too much. Yeah, it doesn't I've been need that much it every, water. Every three days. Well, every three days shouldn't hurt it, Tom. Okay. And okay. I, I, I think it'll be fine. And uh, there, there's a little bottle of stuff you can get called Super Thrive. And right, uh, exactly. And if you've got a little of that, give it a little sprinkle here and there. You know, it's it's like putting a little bit of salsa, you know, on top of your your food. You know, and it gives a little. Bunk. And uh, anyway, a little little super thrive would be good to have. But aside from that, if you're watering it twice a week, it'll be fine. Um, my neighbor wants to put flower, <clears throat> some kind of flower fertilizer on her. I, I told her not to. Well, you know, we, we never want to trek, correct those those our elders because sometimes our elders are right. So, you know, a I'll little a, a little bit a little bit of fertilizer is okay. But okay, just, a little bit. Yeah, appease her. Just give it a little bit. You know, just give it a little okay. pinch. You know, it's like it's like you're putting salt, you know, on your food. You don't want to give it a whole lot. Just a little pinch. And she'll be okay. happy and maybe it'll it'll flourish a little better. A little fertilizer is not a bad idea. It's just moderation's absolutely the key. Okay. Okay. All right, sir. Thank you for your help. Tom, you sound like a good friend. <laughs> well, she's a she's a lovely lady. She's ninety. She's physically quite frail, but she's as sharp as a tack. <laughs> Men- mentally, she's yeah. Just, she, uh, you, 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 be, you better be adding that fertilizer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks. Tom. Thank you, Brian. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye.
Yeah. Uh, Michelle in Maricopa. Hi, Michelle. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Nice to talk to you again. In 2015, the previous owner put in a live oak. So it's one zone. He put in four emitters with the with the red. I don't know how much. Is that a gallon? Or, or well, I don't know either. You know how we t- find that ones, out? Yeah. We just take the round ones and we put them into a jar and let them run. And, okay. and we find out when they have a quart and then we can do our multiplication. We find out exactly what they put out. Okay, so it has four emitters on it and it grows like a wildfire. Mm-hmm. It's on one zone, so over these years it gets water in the summer three times a week, okay. an hour and a half with everything else. So every October I cut it back to a lollipop. So every year, fast forward, <laughs> I cut back on the uh, emitters. Uh-huh. So now I'm down to one emitter. still grows like wildfire. My question is, does it still need so much water in the summer? Can I? Well, Michelle, what, what else is on the same irrigation system? Oh, everything, the oleander, the red yucca, the golden barrel, the fire stick. Um, are the rest of the plants fairly mature now, too, and you're happy well, with pre- your size? Pretty much, yes. Everything's okay. older. So why don't we change the frequency of the water in our irrigation system? Okay. Okay, let's just go to once a week. Oh, all right. How long? Well, I can't tell you that because I don't know what size those emitters are. So you're going to have to calibrate your emitters by putting them into a container. And don't worry about the oak because it's going to have roots underneath its friends. You know, it's got a pretty vigorous root system that will spread and find its own water there in that yard. So, but I would just take the whole irrigation system and do it weekly. Okay. All right. And what you want to put on gallonage wise weekly for, for, you know, medium sized to large shrubs and things, probably between five and 10 gallons per plant. Okay. Okay. Let's just do it once a week. And then come October, let's just change it to once every two weeks. Once every two weeks. All right. Sounds good. I know my flag emitters, which are green, are two gallons an okay. hour because I actually bought those. But the rest of the owner <laughs> well, put it's, in. it's not that hard. Just go get that little quart yeah. jar. You know, yeah, you can, you I can, can just you stick can it there. And no problem because I used to do. I used to live in Connecticut and I had to do my lawn and you know, and I had a pretty good lawn. I know how to do all that. And I follow your your instructions when the bougainvillea. I cut it back in August and it grew perfectly and uh, bloomed till March. Then I cut it back again and it's perfect. Yeah, you get them on that cycle and they're just so pretty. We grew up pretty oh, sure here on the earth and the planet. Well, thanks for calling, Michelle. Thank and you have, very much. Have, have, have a, a nice day. day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Sammy and Peoria. But after Sammy, it's wide open. Well, I mean, that means poor little shares. You should see the look on her face. <laughs> you know, that's the only, the only unfortunate part here is that we can't get Troy as he's, as he's reading his news and Sherry here as she's smiling at me on, you know, so you can see him. I guess I could bring a camera and we could, we could, you know, no, Sierra's telling me no. Okay. All right. So the number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Uh, Sammy and Peoria, good morning. Good morning, Brian. How are you, Brian? Oh, Sammy, it's, it couldn't be a prettier day. Hey, I love your show, man. Well, thanks for being part of it. You know, the only reason this show works is because we have wonderful callers that call in and, and keep me entertained. <laughs> exactly. Hey, uh, but I have two questions for you. Uh, I have fig uh, trees, and uh, they do so well, but uh, when it comes to fruits, suddenly, you know, that couple like a uh, First, probably 10 of them go then after everything go down. I don't know what caused that, you know? You know, Sammy, I, I, I've, I haven't, 
I haven't been out to my fig tree as much as I should have this year. I've been by it a couple times, and and I've got an oddball fig variety that's not one of the best. My favorite's the Mission Black. But um, at any rate, you know, this weather has been different on figs this year. You know, there's definitely, you know, because of the callers I'm talking to, and I really haven't went out and done that much investigation as I should, but um, I know our fig season has has been a little different. I think it's just because our weather's been so darn nice. But, um, you know, typically this is the time of year when the figs are going to come out and produce some pretty darn nice figs. So I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be too concerned. I think you'll do okay. Have you fed it at all this year? But uh, every year is like that, not just this year. What what variety is it? Uh, I have a, a white one and a brown, but brown is still very small. The, uh, the, I have a three white ones and uh, the last one I bought a brown. Well, I'll tell you the one that's the most prolific here and the easiest to grow is Mission Black. Mission Black. Oh, yeah. okay. And, you know, you should be I able, you know, I, I haven't looked at the nursery, but the the ones we have at the nursery should be fruiting right now. I haven't really paid attention to them the last week or so. But, you know, this is the time of year when Mission Black figs will fruit, and they'll fruit more okay. consistently than any other varieties I have. The one I have at home, I'm not even sure the variety of my own fig at my house, but it's it's a larger oh. one that doesn't, it's not near as prolific as the Mission Black is. So for, for a solid okay. variety, you know, that one's going to be probably the best. Okay. Uh, second question, I have uh, uh, pomegranate trees, five of them, mm-hmm. and uh, right now doing so well, nice, everything fruity, but in the end, all of them kind of some kind of bacteria inside and they're all molded. Okay, so Sammy, what we have to do with the oh. pomegranates, two things, okay? And it's really important when it gets hot now, and you know, it just hasn't been hot this year. But oh. when it gets hot, especially here at the end of June and early July, kind of before the monsoon season, make sure that they're very deep and well watered. Okay, because what will happen to pomegranates is if we get to this 115, 118 degree weather, the fruit will Uh stop growing for just a day or two, you know, maybe because the tree is a little dry. And then as the monsoon season comes, the fruit starts to grow fast again and it'll develop a little splitter, a little crack in the bottom. Okay, and then as the fruit ripens in the fall, then bacteria can go in that fruit and rot it. Okay, so you really what's really, really critical are the irrigations, the end of June and first half of July, making sure that tree, especially on a real hot day, you know, say you have it on a weekly cycle. Okay, and we get a day that's 115, 108. Go water it an extra time that day. You know, keep it keep oh. it really well hydrated when it's real high temperatures and and, uh, and dry. And by doing oh. so, the fruit will continue growing uniformly and it won't split. And then the other thing with pomegranate, Sammy, is to make sure that you, you wrap them and protect them from the insects and the birds. And you don't need to do that until about September. But somewhere in September, you need to come either put a paper bag and a rubber band, or you can buy little sacks that go over them, but something to keep the birds and the insects away. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you, Brian. Sammy, thanks for the call. Happy Father's Day. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Thank you. You too, Brian. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Uh, Mark at Apache Junction. Good morning, Mark. Hello, Brian. Yes, sir. Happy Father's Day, Brian. Thank you, Mark. Okay, I have a question about Chilean mesquites compared to native mesquites about lifespan, watering, and 
using the wood for making tools and because it's a hard is chili mesquite a hardwood well it's not as hard as native mesquite i mean there's a lot of you know a lot of different variations to mesquites and uh truthfully if you want something to grow really fast the hybrids uh grow the fastest but the chileans tend to have uh, a little faster growing softer wood compared to a native mesquite but native mesquites have a lot of genetic variations as well Okay, this chilium is mesquite I got from a housing development more than 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing what its heritage is, but it grows like a weed. Mm-hmm. And But it turned out to be some of its limbs are hard as steel, uh, an inch and a half in diameter like steel. And I utilized them for a hammer handle, for example. <laughs> well, and they'll work fine it's, for that. I mean, they're, they're, oh, there's it's the, hard. yeah, there, there's no reason that you know mesquites is, is great wood for a lot of different things, you know. And really, mesquites kind of the desert tree of life because you know it's it, beans here, what the animals eat. It's wood, you know, we used to cook with, and you can grind the beans at home if you had a matata and make your own flour has been done here for thousands of years. So there's no reason that you know mesqu- mesquites are a wonderful part of our environment, re- regardless of its. Uh Heritage, the Chilean mesquite is from Chile. The well, the, the original ones, the thornless Chilean mesquites came from Chile. And Mark, we have our own favorite mesquite at Woodfields. We have one we call an American mesquite. And it's a cross between a Chilean and an Argentinian and a Texas honey mesquite and an Arizona native mesquite. And it was one that just occurred, you know, when we were growing mesquites from seed. And that genetic mix on it, it's just a wonderful, wonderful tree. Is there any... Is there any uh, difference in the life scan and uh, lifespan and the watering necessity? Well, the, the, the different a little variety? difference. Yeah, what what happens is the native mesquite um, basically has a deeper taproot. Okay, so it's more acclimated to the desert. The Chilean mesquite has a lot more surface roots, and, and they spread. And they don't tend to ever develop a big deep taproot like the native does. So, but as far as longevity, as long as they're happy and they're finding enough water, uh, either one of them, they're all going to surpass us in age. No problem at all. Uh, Okay. Then the last question, mine grew like the wind in Corpus Christi, Texas or Chicago fast. Sorry, but, uh, that was my consideration surface roots, but the canopy 30 feet across is down to the ground. That would aid. This is a question and the wind blowing it over because it's so huge. It, it, you know, it does. You can always, you know, prune it back and thin it. But having a lower canopy not being pruned up high and artificially done, you know, mesquites are naturally large shrubs, you know, and that's how they're going to grow. And that would that would help it. But the only fear you have with a Chilean different than a native is blowing over and breaking in the wind. And uh, so if you want to reduce some of the weight, take some of the limbs back, that would be healthy for the tree. I've got to let you go. we got to take a break. Thanks for the call, Mark. Uh, Brian and Florence, you'll be up next. We'll be right back with the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can call Shira at 602-277-5827. And you can be up just after Brian and Florence on the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. It's not time to make a change. Just relax, take it 
But you have to know Find a girl Settle down If you want You can marry Look at me I am old But I'm happy I was once like you are now And I know that it's not easy To be calm When you found something going on But take your time Think a lot Why think of everything you've got For you will still be here tomorrow But your dreams may not How can I try to explain When I do, he turns away again It's always been the same The same old story From the moment I could talk I was ordered to listen Now there's a way And I know that I have to go away I know I have to go Uh, I'm sorry, but we have to go to, we got to get back to the program, <laughs> but uh, I love that song. Beautiful morning out there, folks, and I hope you're enjoying it, and I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, uh, we can make Father's Day easy. We do the digging, we can plant trees for you, and we've got lots of practice and plenty of experience, and uh, if you're looking for something special for Dad that'll last a lifetime, come out and see us at Whitfields. We'll deliver and plant and guarantee, and at Whitfields, you can buy time. We don't just sell little five-gallon trees. We sell trees all the way up to 72-inch box trees, 25 and 30 feet tall, and whether your dreams are having a date palm that uh, you can grow your own dates in your backyard, a beautiful citrus, uh, maybe a nice mesquite tea tree for a lot of shade. You know, now's a great time to plant olives. Best time of the year, in fact. So come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue, Southern Avenue, straight south of the I-10 airport. You know, we've been here for a long time. Since my grandparents started back in the 40s and continue on now for four generations, we deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bond, insured. No jobs too big, none's too small. If you need a thousand trees for your development, come out and see us. Or if you're looking for that one beautiful specimen for Father's Day, uh, you can bring Dad in today. We're open today from 10 to 4. And uh, we'll come out and do the digging for you. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Brian and Florence and Colby and Cave Creek. And if you like to be after Colby, all you got to do is give Shira a call. 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Brian. Um, I've called you before. Thanks for being an inspiration for my garden. Um, <laughs> well, my, my father and my grandfather, you know, I, I had a lot of those myself. You know, I, I, I grew up with some pretty phenomenal gardeners. Well, I think we've got a phenomenal person on the radio right now in, in the personage of you. Um, thank you uh, for inspiring people to grow things out here. Um, I live in an area called Cactus Forest, uh, a little south of Florence, and um, I'm growing as much as I can. Um, 
I've got two questions for you. One is about a fig tree that a neighbor gave me in a pot. It was about six feet tall, very spiny, and it has um, some long arms, like three long arms coming out about midway, and they're about four feet long. Um, Right now, it's got a lot of figs growing on it. I've got it in the ground, Mm -hmm. and it's been in the ground now for two years, and it's very happy where it is. I'm wondering, on these spiny arms, there's um, auxiliary branches coming out of it midway. Can I trim off the ends of these branches and plant them? Absolutely, Brian. But in, and, and you can do it this time of year by air layering, but you can do it much easier in the wintertime by taking tip cuttings. So if, if you'll just leave it for now, let it grow for the summer. And then in January, if you'll just cut the tips off, and if you'll take the, the growing tips on the end that are about, oh, and if you take tip cuttings that are just, say, eight inches long, uh, you could just take those cuttings and put them right in the soil and grow them. That was kind of like the story I told the very beginning of the show today. But my grandfather, when I was young, uh, went out one day and decided we needed more fig trees and just planted a thousand of them. And uh, he grew wow. them. Actually, he just grew them in dirt, you know, himself. We didn't use potting soil <laughs> as much in the organic materials back then because we didn't have it. So he just, you know, filled all these cans and they were metal cans like, uh, you know, the cans they used to, you know, get food in, you know, from the restaurants and stuff. That was before we had a lot of plastic containers. And he, he put them all in these metal cans, but he watered them himself. And, and really the key with that was not keeping them too wet or too dry. And he had a great sense for those kind of things. So it's, it would be easier for you to go ahead and use a regular potting soil. And if you really want to give it a kick, you could get some rooting hormone and you could put that on the end of the cutting when you stick the cutting in and you can grow as many figs as you like. And it's probably the longest tree that's been in constant propagation of that method. And it's well over 4,000 years. People have been growing figs that same way. Yeah, I used to live in Greece for 11 years and on an island, and uh, I remember the fig trees there that, um, oh, my God, they were beautiful and ancient, ancient fig trees. Um, well, my my grandfather used to take me over to his Turkish buddy's house to help him out because it was getting older, you know, and, uh, and that's where I learned to eat grape leaves and, and love figs. Oh, yeah, definitely. I carry a lot of my Greek experience with me out here in Arizona. My other um, question is about uh, grapevine. Um, I Also from Greek, um, <laughs> I'm growing one now. It's three years in the ground, and this is the first year I have small, tiny, little um, grapes growing on it. Um, but, but they're not getting big. They're just staying one size. Well, it depends um, on the variety you have, Brian, but there's some other things you have to do to cultivate nice grapes. And, uh, and, and the first thing is, is you have to thin them. Okay, so when they come out and flower, if you hold the stem and take your hand and rake it over the, the, the bunch of grapes that are coming on the flowers, that's going to knock about half the flowers off. And then when the grapes come out and you have your clusters of grapes, you know, if, if you still see that they're small and thin, you can clip the end off of the, the grapes and, and thin them out so it's not producing as much fruit. And if you limit the amount of the fruit, uh, that's going to increase the size and the quality of the fruit. And the amount of bunches you leave on a vine make a big difference. But, uh, you know, I've got a great friend, Ted, who grows grapes, and uh, he's from Southern Europe. And he, he does a, a marvelous job growing grapes here. His whole backyard's all grapes. But, uh, you know, it's quite a practice and thing, but uh, certainly fun to grow. And I think you might look at the fact that perhaps your vines aren't uh, big enough and healthy enough yet to produce big grapes. So, you know, regular fertilization's an important thing and uh, will make the grapes, you know, a lot more vigorous and bigger as well. 
What would be the best fertilization for this? Well, you know, grapes really like. Uh, oh, I got. I got. I let you go. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to finish you off the air and put you on hold. Yeah, I'll just. I'll just take okay. you off there. I got to say goodbye to everybody for this hour, and we'll be back next hour with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, call Sure at six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven.